This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Welcome to the Hockey Hotbed, presented as always by the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Nick Berlansky, and boy oh boy, do the Stanley Cup playoffs just keep getting better and better and better. We are over a week and a half in at this point, and six of the eight series are still yet to be determined in the first round. It's crazy. It's very crazy. And we will talk about literally all six of those series, touch on the upcoming St. Louis Blues versus Colorado Avalanche second round matchup, and talk basically everything Stanley Cup playoffs because that is what we do here at the Hockey Hotbed. But before we get into that, I did mention on Tuesday's episode that Tuesday was the 2022 NHL Draft Lottery. And the team that finished in last place this season, the Montreal Canadiens, Les Habitants, will be selecting first overall. They had the highest odds to win it, and they won the 2022 NHL Draft Lottery. General Manager Kent Hughes will have the opportunity and the option, but we all know what he's going to select, is to bring in Shane Wright. And boy, is that going to be very, very interesting. It's a very intriguing storyline, especially considering the fact that last year, despite not being the most fantastic team in a rather weak Canadian division, they squeaked into the playoffs as the four seed in the North Division. They went out and they took down their rivals in the Toronto Maple Leafs, coming down or coming back from down three to one in that series, won that series, and then sweep the Winnipeg Jets, take down the mighty Vegas Golden Knights and advance all the way to the Stanley Cup Finals. If you would have told me at that point, understandably, they were going to lose in that series to Tampa Bay. They ended up losing in five games, hence the reason the Lightning are back-to-back Stanley Cup champions. But if you would have told me, even though it was a Cinderella run, unprecedented run for the Blue Blanc and Rouge, if you would have said that they were going to finish 32nd in the National Hockey League this season and end up with the number one overall pick who will be Shane Wright, I would have looked at you and said, you must have lost your freaking mind if you think that the team that was just in the Stanley Cup Finals is going to go so bad is to finish in 32nd, the first ever team to finish 32nd in NHL history. Well, they did. It was not a great offseason, despite even being a short offseason for the the Canadiens. They lost Shea Weber. He didn't play in a single game this year. That's their captain. They lost Carey Price for the majority of this season. They lost a couple of other guys, as it usually happens. You know, Philip Deneau being a massive piece that did not return for them. They ended up trading Tyler Toffoli. They fired their head coach, brought in Martin Saint-Louis. They fired... Their general manager brought in Kent Hughes. A lot has changed since the Blue Blanc et Rouge 
were back in the Stanley Cup Finals only, what, 12 months ago? I don't even remember. It, it, it was not a full year ago. And now they are prepped. They are solidified as the team selecting first overall. They'll take Shane Wright, and they will add him to a very talented young core. Now, their blue line has some growing to do, but they also have a lot of money to spend in free agency this this year. They got to figure out what's going on with Carey Price. But you have an offensive core of Nick Suzuki, Cole Caulfield, and now adding Shane Wright. All under the tutelage of Martin Saint-Louis, that's going to be an electric factory next year. It's going to be very entertaining to watch that team and see what they're able to do next year. If there's ever a team that has gone from Stanley Cup to first round pick to potentially a playoff spot the next year, it might be the Canadiens. I'm not ready to say they're a playoff team as of yet. Obviously, there's a lot to happen still when it comes to the NHL offseason. There's so much that still needs to happen before we can even look at next year's potential playoff teams. But if you look at what they were, if you look at what they have, the future is very bright in Quebec. Let's move over to the Stanley Cup playoffs. And and I want to start this off by talking about tonight's matchups. It is Friday the 13th. Some crazy stuff could happen tonight because we have three game sixes. I'm just going to go in the order that they're going to happen. At 7 o'clock tonight, in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, the Pittsburgh Penguins minus Sidney Crosby will be looking to eliminate the New York Rangers. The reason that this is coming out late, well, there's a couple reasons. One, I've had a lot to do today. And two, I wanted to make sure that this recording fell at a time in the day where I knew the fate of Sidney Crosby, or at the very least, I had a pretty good idea. Well, as of right now, head coach Mike Sullivan has ruled out Sidney Crosby for Game 6. We don't know any. We do not know anything beyond that. But there will not be 87 Sidney Crosby lacing him up for the Pittsburgh Penguins tonight. They will also still be without Tristan Jari. There were some thoughts that he might come back in Game 6. That has already been debunked by Sullivan as well. He is out. Ricardo Raquel, who's missed every game since Game 1, could potentially be coming back. On the other side of things, Tyler Mott could be drawing back into the lineup, which is huge for the Rangers because he has been very good for them since coming over at the trade deadline. So it's going to be an interesting game. Very interesting game because the Pittsburgh Penguins, despite being undermanned, have been the much better team in this series. Five on five, the Penguins power play has been atrocious. Let's not mince words about it. But the Rangers power play has not been as lethal as it was in the regular season. It has been, you know, it's been producing. They were one for three in game number five, which helped them extend this series to a game six. But the Pittsburgh Penguins, something about the way that Mike Sullivan has those boys playing, just has them out producing and outplaying the New York Rangers. If the Rags are going to come all the way back, they need two more wins, and they cannot lose another one. If they're going to come all the way back from down 3-1, they really need more out of their top-tier guys. The kid line for them has been fantastic. Lafreniere, Kako, and Heedle have been absolutely outstanding. Hence the reason Alexi Lafreniere was double-shifted purposely by Gerard Gallant from the outset in Game 5. Lafreniere was the third-line left winger, I believe, and also, for the most part, the fourth-line center. Those kids have been so, 
so good in every single game this series. The future is truly bright if it includes those three guys. All former first-round picks, they have played tremendously. They have been the best forward line, undoubtedly, for the New York Rangers. But if the Rangers are going to come all the way back, they need their guys. They're studs. They're top-tier guys. The guys that are getting paid to be the top-tier guys. And that's your Mika Zibanejads, who has been absolutely invisible the entire series. Like, he has done absolutely nothing. The only thing, when I think back, the only big play that I can remember Mika Zibanejad being included in was, I believe, in game number two, where he had a great opportunity early to get a goal on Louis Domingue, and Domingue dove across the crease, snagged one out of the air, made a beautiful glove save. One of his best saves of the series. But other than that, nothing from Mika? Artemi Panarin as well. I believe he has five points in five games. Not a bad sample size, but he hasn't been that lethal playoff Artemi Panarin that we saw when he was with Columbus. Now, it might just be the Penguins' defensive system. They've played really, really well, especially at five-on-five. Great forechecking, great in-zone defense. They've insulated that third-string goaltender. But he is a third-string goaltender. And eventually, you would hope that the dam ends up breaking. It hasn't yet. It hasn't. In Game 3, it did for a little while when it went from 4-1 to to 4-4 to in the second period. But the Penguins have been able to tiptoe around the fact that they have a third-string goaltender in net and the fact that they were missing one of their top defensive defensemen in Brian Dumlin since Game 2, one of their biggest acquisitions this season in Ricard Raquel that has been missing since Game 1, the first period of Game 1, and now they'll be without Sidney Crosby. If they can win this one, you tip your cap to Mike Sullivan. Because it is 100% his series win. I mean, his team takes credit too. But this has been a series for Mike Sullivan to show off his coaching prowess. And he's done just that. So that game six is tonight. If not, if the Rangers win and it forces game seven, it will be at MSG on Sunday. Which will just, oh, I'm going to talk about it. But this weekend could get very juicy very quickly. The second game six happening in our nation's capital, the Washington Capitals. Taking on the President's Trophy winning Florida Panthers. And boy, oh boy, has Carter Verhage turned this entire series on its head by himself. Let me take you back earlier in the week. Game four at Capital One Arena. Capitals are leading late in the game. Getting ready to take potentially a 3-1 lead back to Sunrise, Florida. Stranglehold on the series. Oh no. The Panthers, one of the best teams from behind this season. They come back, they tie the game, they send it into overtime. But you still have a chance if you're the Capitals. You need one goal. One goal in a series specifically right after you had controlled all of Game 3. They won 6-1. to one. Game 4, you controlled most of it and just gave it up at the end. But then under two minutes in, they don't even have a chance to breathe. Carter Verhage with an absolute snipe, ends game number four, ties the series up, beats Ilya Samsonov, who had been electric in D.C. during this series. And all of a sudden you're thinking, man, it feels like the Capitals lost a really good opportunity there. And they did. They really did. That was a huge opportunity to take a huge lead. And you're already the massive underdog. You could be up 3-1 to one going into Game 5. And it would take a Herculean effort for the Panthers to come back. But no. 
for Hagee does it in game four. Fast forward to game five, happened two days ago on Wednesday. Capitals up again, this time three to nothing. Three to nothing halfway through the game. And no, he didn't just score one heartbreaking goal. Carter Verhege puts up five points. And the Panthers take game five and Sunrise setting up this game six where the Capitals out of nowhere. It's whiplash for them. Their backs are against the wall. Now, with Alex Ovechkin and his back against the wall, that could be very dangerous. With the fact that in D.C., at Capital One Arena, I don't know why, but I keep wanting to say Verizon Center. My childhood roots are coming out in this episode. But at Cap One, the Washington Capitals are going to have to try to put it back together in a place where they have nearly dominated the entire course of action on that ice in this series. Can they do it? I think they can. You know, the engine that could might be the Russian machine that never breaks. That's going to be an interesting game tonight. We'll see. I think the big thing for that one, the Caps have gotten out to a big lead in the last couple of games. The big thing for that one is going to be how they respond once they get it. They, I mean, that's an easy, easy storyline to write right there. And the last game six tonight, because we are blessed with three game sixes tonight, and as we'll get to in segment number two, three glorious game sevens coming up on Saturday. But the last game six tonight taking place in Big D. The Dallas Stars hosting the Calgary Flames. Flames out to a 3-2 to two series lead. And you know what? A lot of people haven't really watched this series. A lot of people are saying, this is such a boring series. Why would you watch it? Because this is old school hockey at its finest. Low scoring. Great goaltending. The goals that are scored are not fluky. Either fantastic deflections, fantastic shots on goal, or fantastic plays altogether. If you want to see great old-time hockey, it's not the same thing. It's not the 90s. It's not the wild, wild west, which is what the 90s basically was, more specifically the 80s. But this is as close as you're going to get. Rick Bonus. And Daryl Sutter have these guys playing a war of attrition. And both sides are being carried by fantastic goaltending as well. You have one of the best lines. Scratch that. You have the best line in hockey this year in the Calgary Flames. They've made their mark in this series. But the storyline is circling Jacob Markstrom, who's a Vesna finalist. Congratulations on that. I know I mentioned it in the last episode. But Jacob Markstrom... And on the other side, this is the coming out party. For I, it's his coming out party, and I, I'm afraid that I have his name wrong. But it's Jake Ottinger. Ottinger. I think it's Jake. I apologize, Stars fans. Nonetheless, he's been great. I got to learn that name because he has been absolutely phenomenal. The Stars had one of the weirdest, absolute weirdest, goaltending situations coming into this season. They had four goaltenders who at one point or other were very, very good starting goaltenders. Sorry, I should say three starting goaltenders that have all gone through Stanley Cup playoffs and all of this and Jake Ottinger. 
Now Ottinger is showing, hey, I can do it in the playoffs too, but they had Ben Bishop. He had recently retired. We talked about that on this show. They had Braden Holtby, 2018 Stanley Cup champion with the Washington Capitals. And they had Anton Hudobin, who backstopped them to the 2020 bubble championship. Well, they didn't win it, but they got, they got the whole way to the Stanley Cup finals. Yet the young kid is the one that prevails. The young kid is the one that is grabbing the headlines and doing so in a very, very impressive fashion. This game tonight, I want a game seven of this one because this is very, very exciting. I want, I, listen, selfishly, I will say, I don't want a game seven in Penguins Rangers because as somebody who covers the Pittsburgh Penguins, I don't need that level of anxiety because I want them to continue to go so I can continue to cover them. You see how this works. But Panthers Capitals, I want to see the Caps win tonight. Flame Stars, let's see the Stars win tonight. We'll see what ends up happening. Three game sixes tonight, all three, such different situations, such different scenarios, and it's all going to play out on, let's see, TNT, TBS, and TNT once again. So you get to see plenty of Biz Nasty, Anson Carter, Liam McHugh, Rick Tockett, and uh, we'll see if Gretz is there tonight. I would imagine he is. But nonetheless, a great slate of game sixes tonight, giving way to an even better slate of game sevens tomorrow. We'll get to that right after the break. What's going on, hockey fans? The pursuit for the Stanley Cup is on. And DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer for the most exciting playoffs in sports. New customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter the outcome. Whether they win or lose, you're a winner. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the playoffs? With DraftKings Same Game Parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets, like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more. It's your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash at your convenience. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Make sure to use promo code THPN and bet just $5 on any NHL team to win to get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Welcome back to the Hockey Hotbed, presented as always by the Hockey Podcast Network, as well as DraftKings. Make sure you use promo code THPN at the DraftKings Sportsbook app for great odds and even better opportunities. Once again, that's promo code THPN at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. We talked about all the game sixes tonight, and boy, oh boy, we are four and a half hours away from puck drop. I'm very excited for these. Clearly. But even more excited for what we have tomorrow. Specifically, because none of these games, you would imagine, are going to overlap. And if they do, hey, game seven overtime's fine with me. But again, we're going to go in order of which they're going to happen. 4.30 p.m. on ESPN. The Boston Bruins are going to be taking on the Carolina Hurricanes in Raleigh, North Carolina. In game seven. 
Well, this series has been very, very entertaining for more than one reason. At the outset of the playoffs, I told you Bruins in seven. And I said, you know what? The Canes goaltending injuries are going to be an issue. And they have yet to get Freddie Anderson back. There were, I believe, two games that Pyotr Kochetkov was the preliminary goaltender for them. Yet they're right there. And to me, they're the favorite for a reason. Every home team has won in this series, all six games. Canes win games one and two. Bruins win three and four at TD Garden. Canes win game five. Bruins win game six. Boom, here we are in Carolina for game seven. The Boston Bruins have been here before, folks. I know this is a different team. I know there's a lot of players that have not been there before. Jeremy Swayman, the starting goaltender, chief among them. But Charlie McAvoy's been there. He's back. Hampus Lindholm might not have been there, but Hampus Lindholm is back in the lineup, which is a massive, massive addition for the Boston Bruins. Marchand has been there. Bergeron's been there. Pasternak's been there. This is a well-seasoned core group of players when it comes to postseasons and when it comes to Game 7s specifically. The Hurricanes, they're not too bad, not too shabby themselves. If you'll remember, back in the 2019 playoffs, I, I, I believe, they went the whole way to Game 7 in the first round with the defending Stanley Cup champion Washington Capitals into double overtime. Brock McGinn, who's now a Pittsburgh Penguin, was able to win that one for them. But their young core was there. I believe that was year one for Andrei Svechnikov. I believe Sebastian Ajo was there. Jordan Stahl most definitely was there. And I'm trying to remember if Jacob Slavin was there, and I'm, I'm assuming he was. So was Nita Ryder. So was a bunch of other guys. You know, I won't belabor the fact. But the point is, these are two teams that there's guys that have been there before. There's guys that know what Game 7 is all about. And Bruce Cassidy said it after the Bruins took Game 6. He said, listen, we're excited for Game 7. This is what you dream about as a kid. Game 7, laying it all on the line. One game wins all. Now, most of the dreams include it being the Stanley Cup Finals, Bruce. But nonetheless, a Game 7 is a great time. And a great, I can only imagine what it's like to play in one. Or be actually involved in one. He said, the guys on the other side, they might not think so right now because they had a chance to win this one. But come tomorrow morning, they're going to get excited. And, and I can see why, obviously. Uh, but this game is going to be interesting. Series hasn't really been close when it comes to how spread apart the point differential is in each game. But I think game seven, everyone buckles down. If it's Auntie Ranta versus Jeremy Swayman, I give that edge to Auntie Ranta, especially when it's at Carolina. So the Bruins have an uphill battle to climb, but when you have guys like Marchand and Bergeron, that hill just becomes a little less steep. So we'll see what happens in that one. I'll give my predictions at the end of this episode for those Game 7s. But initially, I did have Bruins in 7. So I guess technically it's things are lining up for my uh, pre-playoff predictions. Speaking of... My pre-playoff predictions. I had the Maple Leafs taking it in seven over the back-to-back -back Stanley Cup champions. And here we go. Game seven in the six. 
Scotiabank Arena, Tampa Bay Lightning taking on the Toronto Maple Leafs on TNT, CBC, Sportsnet, everything, because it's the Toronto Maple Leafs against the back-to-back Stanley Cup champions in a Game 7. Game 6 went to overtime. Leafs had a lead, 3-2 going into the third period. They botched that. They get into overtime, they botched that. All of a sudden, you're given a second chance to the back-to-back Stanley Cup champions. This is not going to go well, folks. I have the Leafs in seven from the beginning of the playoffs. I don't know what I was thinking. Because even, and I said this on this podcast, even going into game five on Tuesday, I said, you know what? Even if the Leafs win in game five, which they did in a massive comeback victory, which made it feel a little different than in seasons past, I said, they're not going to take down Tampa Bay in Tampa Bay following a loss. That's not going to happen. And Game 7 in Toronto, ooh, I don't know how that's going to (laughs) go. I said it there, I said, even thinking about Toronto having a 3-2 series lead and then having to come home in Game 7 after not winning in Game 6, it doesn't feel right. But you know what? At the outset, when I picked the Leafs in 7, I said, it feels different this year. Right now, Internally, it doesn't feel different. It feels like the Maple Leafs are headed for heartache once again. But if I think back to how I felt before the playoffs started, and when I was stupid enough to think that I would be comfortable taking the Leafs in seven if it actually came to pass, I said, Matthews is a 60-goal scorer this year. Mitch Marner is going to step up this year, it feels like. Same with William Nylander. And to this point, they have. Jack Campbell is not Freddie Anderson. He hasn't been. Jack Campbell has been very good for a large portion of this series. So now I'm thinking that I'm not going to bet on it in DraftKings Sportsbook. That's for damn sure. (laughs) But still, I'm very apprehensive about leaning either way. I will give out a pick at the end of the show, but I'm very apprehensive about it because if you asked me before the playoffs started, I would say, you know what? It's different. If not now, then when for the Leafs? But it's still the back-to-back Stanley Cup champions. It's still Andre Vasilevsky, and it's still the Toronto Maple Leafs at home in Game 7. Speaking of, if not now, then when? I said the same exact thing For Connor McDavid. And at 10 o'clock Eastern time. On Saturday evening. On ESPN. Same thing. ESPN, CBC, Sportsnet, everywhere. Is going to be carrying this game. Connor McDavid will go into game 7. Against the Los Angeles Kings. Listen. I had the Kings losing in 6. To the Edmonton Oilers. And I had them winning not in the fashion that they did. I have to give massive credit. To the Los Angeles Kings, Todd McClellan, Andre Kopitar, all them boys down there in LA. Because they have proven to me that they are much closer to being a contender than I had originally thought going into this postseason. I gave the old boxing adage, or UFC if you will. First time you're there, you're there for the experience, you're going to get beat. Second time you make some noise, third time you grab the brass freaking ring. Well, the first time they're there... They're saying, you know what? We're not going down without a fight. They might still lose tomorrow. They might. 
but they have opened the eyes of a lot of people nationwide. And if you don't want to take my word for it, go around and ask if, you know, if they'll answer their DMs, go around and ask John Buchagross, go around and ask Elliot Freeman, Jeff Merrick, all of those guys. Hey, what do you think of the Kings after this postseason? After this, you know, after the Stanley Cup playoffs run, whether they lose on Saturday or not, people are going to say they're a lot closer than we thought they were. They're a lot better than we thought they were. And that's great on its own right, but the Kings are not happy with that. They have been able to win three games in this series, including one where they absolutely shut the door on Connor McDavid and on Leon Dreisaitl. Now you're asking them to do it one more time. One more time, and then they advance to play the winner of Calgary-Dallas, in which, if they're able to knock off the Oilers, I'm not necessarily saying I won't pick the Kings in that one, if they get there. But first things first, they got to take out Edmonton. Game 7 in Canada, with McDavid's team, Edmonton and Toronto hosting a Game 7 on the same night should be illegal. (laughs) that whole country is going to explode if both of those teams lose. But nonetheless, Oilers-Kings, can Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl and Evander Kane outscore the Oilers' problems? Can Philip Deneau, Andrzej Kopitar, Jonathan Quick, can they shut it down for one more game? Man, if they do, that's going to open even more eyes than they already have. Evander Kane, seven goals in, in six games, not getting enough. I mean, he's getting pressed. I'm not, I'm not going to, I don't know why I even went there. But nonetheless, a very good performance from him. Seven goals in six games. Not a lot of people are going to like him. Not a lot of people are going to root for his success. I'm not going to go as far to say I'm rooting for his success. But I am going to say I told you so. When the Oilers signed him and brought him on midseason, after everything that happened with his ex-wife, after everything that happened with the San Jose Sharks, with the AHL Barracuda, I said, you know what? A lot of people don't like that move, and a lot of people don't like him. But that is a great move for the Edmonton Oilers on the ice. And it has been. It has been. It's been a, it's, it's been a really, really good move. And it's just showing even more in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Seven goals in six games. If you think that he's not going to play a factor on Saturday night, you're sorely mistaken. He's a massive factor for the Edmonton Oilers. So let me finish this off by giving my picks for all of those game sevens. And then potentially, there might be another three on Sunday, which could make for one of the best weekends of hockey that we ever could have hoped for. Bruins Hurricanes. Man. I would love to to be right and say Bruins in seven and say Bruins take this one. But it just feels like the Carolina Hurricanes, they're going to get stuff done today. Sorry, tomorrow. They're going to get the stuff done. They're going to take care of business at home as they have the previous three games at PNC Arena. I'm taking the Carolina Hurricanes in game seven. Lightning Maple Leafs. Man. Am I going to stick to my guns on one of these two picks? Am I going to take the Toronto Maple Leafs to just throw the monkey off their back? Win a playoff series for the first time since 2004. Let me get this straight. They haven't won a playoff series since I was six years old. I'm now 25. 
Yeah, I'm going to do it. Hashtag Leafs forever, baby. This might come back to haunt me, but I am taking the Toronto Maple Leafs to upset because it will be an upset. I don't care. DraftKings, which is the best and only sports book. I don't care if they said the Leafs were the favorite coming into this series. Screw you. They're not. They're not the favorite because they are the Leafs going up against the Lightning. So I'm taking, in my opinion, the underdog Leafs win game seven at home. And then Kings Oilers. Man. I looked at it and thought, am I really about to take all three of the higher seeds, all three of the home teams in this? I damn near did, but I'm not. I'm not just because Connor McDavid has been shut down already in this series. The LA Kings. Oh, this is a sweet, sweet storyline, but I'm riding with the Kings. I'm riding with big Johnny quick. I'm riding with Andre Kopitar with, Philip Deneau, Adrian Kempe, who else? Quinton Byfield, I'd love to see him make his mark in this series. I, I don't even, I've watched a couple of those games, I really haven't even noticed them. I'd love to see Quinton Byfield, young kid like that, make a huge statement and score a goal in that game. I'll go Kings. So my official picks for tomorrow, even though two of them go against who I said was going to win in round one. Canes, Leafs, Kings. If you follow me, follow at your own risk. If you fade me, game on. Let's go. I'm excited for I'm excited for this weekend. And no, I, I didn't mention and I was going to. I guess I can talk about it more next Tuesday on the show. Second round matchup, Colorado Avalanche after sweeping the Nashville Predators, embarrassing them. They're gonna try to get the monkey off their back by taking on the St. Louis Blues, a team who back in 2019 won it all. A team that certainly surprised me by winning in six games in the fashion that they did over the Minnesota Wild. My official selection was the Minnesota Wild to go to the Stanley Cup Finals and lose. Thank God I don't have money on a bracket challenge. <laughs> Bill Guerin has a lot to discuss. And we will have a lot to talk about this offseason. About the Minnesota Wild and how they failed to get out of the first round once again. Another storyline out of there, what is Marc-Andre Fleury going to do? His contract is up. Is he going to retire? Is he going to go back to Pittsburgh? Is he going to go somewhere else? Is he going to stay in Minnesota? All that stuff is going to be fun, but that's that's for after the playoffs. We got three game sixes tonight, three game sevens tomorrow, potentially three game sevens on Saturday, and then we got a great second round matchup between the Colorado Avalanche and the St. Louis Blues. I'm leaning abs early on. We'll have an entirely complete series preview coming up next week, but I'm going to tell you right now, because that series might start before the next time I'm in front of this mic for the hockey hotbed. I'm leaning Colorado. I'm leaning that they get the job done. But I'm not 100% sold because of what St. Louis showed me in that first round series. That's going to do it for this episode of the hockey hotbed. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you've enjoyed every episode of the hockey hotbed up to this point. I will be back on Tuesday to break down all of this amazing action. Hopefully, we see six game sevens over the weekend and we get started with the second round on i'm gonna say please do it on tuesday even though we have blues abs set up let's wait until tuesday that way i can break down every single second round series in front of this mic and with you amazing listeners thank you so much for tuning in have a fantastic weekend hopefully it's gonna be sunny where you are it's gonna rain in dc but we'll see how it happens we'll see how it plays out and i'll be back on tuesday to break it 
all down. Have a good one, folks.